in Seattle. This is the first time of both of us recording together in Seattle. We're looking at over. We're 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 in Overdue Media Central, the new Overdue Media That's Central. That's true, the new Overdue Media Central. Overlooking beautiful I five. Uh huh. I five, well, south and north, I guess. Yes. And uh, it's a lovely day out. It's gray and cloudy. It's kind of cliche. It's chilly. My floor is not uh, not insulated. Uh, this is only the second time we're recording together. And I think we'll be recording together in Seattle until the end of the series, now that I'm back from my road trip. If you hear a sound in the background, it's the ocean. Okay. It's not like the traffic, it's yeah. the ocean. That's what my, the real, sound. That's the what my sound. real estate agent told me. Pretend it's, close your eyes and pretend it's the ocean. We today are doing audio commentary of What Would Dewey Do? The Second Unshelved Collection. And we are on page 31. And we're going to dive right in. We actually have physical books in our hands. We do. It's kind of exciting. It's crazy. They're really big. Yeah. They're, they're very, uh, yeah. They're gray and black and white. It's nutty. <laughs> First one? Page 31. Oh, the woman who baked the fruitcake. Yeah. Yeah. True story? Not really a true story, but like I remember patrons used to bring us like pans of brownies and stuff. And I just oh, yeah. thought, like, what did we do to them? And, they, and at comic conventions, they did too. They would, people brought us cookies. Oh, cookies are okay at comic conventions. I, I don't have the suspicion, but the library, in the library, like you're actually levying fines on people. And I, <laughs> I was always really worried. And I, like when there were patrons, I didn't know. What was funny is the rest of the staff would just kind of dive right in. This was, this was kind of written when I was still pretty new, right? It's probably like a year in. By year two or three, you're just eating anything anybody puts in front of you. But but for a while... And if it's poison, well, that's just you lived a good life. Well, I think there's always a dance. Like when somebody when somebody brings in food, everybody watches that first person to eat it. We always wait... <laughs> the taster? Well, we would kind of wait for the teenage pages to arrive in the afternoon. Take a bite. Is there a fingernail in there? Any, that's what interns... Of, at, a, at a corporation, that's what interns would be for. I get that. I get that. Uh, so the bottom one, what's the hardest question you ever asked? I still uh, love Merv's question. The, the Invisible Woman's Retinas, why aren't they transparent? Yeah, so in Planetary by uh, Warren Ellis and John Cassidy, the, the, the proxy for the Invisible Woman wears, a, like, goggles. So she can see. So she can see. John Cassidy, who once stopped by our booth to thank us for doing a comic about... Uh, Astonishing X-Men. That's true. Yeah, and I wasn't there. So. No. And, that, and my camera broke. Yeah. Uh, my camera so broke. We'll never know. I don't have a picture. I don't have a picture with we'll John describe Cassidy. describe Who is... The most handsome. I was gonna ask. Is he handsome? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most handsome, like in shape, comic book illustrator I've ever seen. Now I know that's a low bar, if you've been to a comic convention. But I mean, like, even for a non-comic book illustrator, yeah, that guy was a hunk. And I, and I have to say, on that Kinsey scale, I lean very straight. Yeah, hunk a man. But John Cassidy. Uh, well, no, but you know, like, it, like if I had, if I had to pick. Desert Island. Desert Island. John Cassidy. All right. John Cassidy, are you? John Cassidy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure he's so, going to be thrilled to hear that in this podcast. So here, the first one, who's a real mother, is the is the question adoptive parents enjoy hearing the most. Exactly. We have page 32. So this is a fun sequence where the we had already sort of touched on uh, some of the... I'm not sure if we touched directly on the Patriot Act, but I guess we're touching on it here. Not really. Were, were, um, where, where even if you were asked questions, you weren't allowed to disclose that you were asked questions. Yes. If the FBI investigated you, you couldn't say that. Yeah. Wasn't there some library that put out a sign that said um, the FBI has not been here today? And they would yeah. take it down if the FBI was there. It was something, and then at some point someone noticed that it had gone away. Which I it was actually a thing on their website. I don't know if it had gone away. But it, did it actually go away? Well, whatever whatever the uh, the, the protocol was, hmm. it was tr it was triggered. Uh, and it was a nice, a nice little reveal. It's Spoiler, it's Murph's dad. Yeah, it is Murph's dad. Yeah. The librarians are very odd. And, and I, I just like, I like the end of the sequence, how we wrap it up with Buddy. We kind of, we kind of, edge into the buddy backstory on 33 where he's seen a lot of FBI badges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the stories I could tell. Back in the old days. Uh, and then atop page 34, we actually end with, with I need to hug a bunny. Not a euphemism. 
It's just funny. need to hug a bunny. These sequences are so long. I mean, we used to do like... Well, that's because they're seven days long. Like, so, oh, it is seven days. So now, now we do four... Four-day uh, sequences. Four-day sequences because we do a book club on Friday, and then we do repeats on Saturday and Sunday, which is purely because I'm super lazy and decided I didn't want to do seven a week. It's really working for me. Is that what it was? And just, you had all the justification all you I'm saying is, on way back in the day. All I'm saying is don't get too used to four. How about page 34? The bottom one? One of my favorite strips? Yeah, we use that in one of it. We use that as the canonical Dewey moment uh, in one of our talks. I can't remember what, what brought that on, but I remember that what was a couple years ago when that guy was talking about the Mayan calendar and how the world was coming to an end. We put this on a, uh, a greeting card just without really thinking about it. We, we did, didn't we? We sold a bazillion of those things. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like this idea from what, 2003? Yeah. I mean, probably like 2012 paid off. Yeah. And that's why you stick with it, kids. It's the long game. That's the secret to cartooning. Yeah. yeah. Patience. Yeah. Eventually, Discipline. eventually that top strip on page uh, 35, it's going to hit big. We're going to put it on a card. And for mature. That's right. I'm laughing already. Done. Done. I, I kind of, I remember this idea that like um, other people wanted to label the, the books. I can't remember where, where exactly it came from, but like the, the library that I worked in was very label happy for a long time. We had genre labels and location labels and People would come in and they'd be like, well, what about a label that says this? Because that'd be really useful to me. And the librarians would be like, well, 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 no. Yeah, it contains, contains brunettes. That doesn't uh, make any sense for us. <laughs> well, no, no, no. People, we're professionals. Look, we have master's degrees. Well, the people who really wanted it were um, people who read, quote, unquote, like inspirational fiction or Christian fiction. Uh -huh. I think the library was so worried about offending everybody that by labeling things Christian fiction or non-Christian fiction that they didn't, didn't want to do that. I mean, it would have been very useful, right? But then, but then, do you have to label the Islamic fiction? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I got no idea, but I just I, I would just settle for a label for good books. That would be, mm. you know, is that too much to ask? It is. is. It is a ten percent too much to ask. Okay. Uh, page thirty-six at the bottom is the is I'm not sure. I think it's the first time we directly head towards Buddy has a thing for tomorrow. I think that that crosshatching on his tail is kind of naughty. I don't know what it. It just looks kind of. Yeah, not even. I still do it. Yeah, still cross hatch. But I don't see his tail very often. What is, Dewey? is he making coffee? He's making coffee. Mm. As a rule, Dewey's making coffee. It's pretty good coffee you drew there. Thanks. It's, there's a whole yeah. No, you're not kind. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, and Tamara's pointedly clueless about the, well, not pointedly. Now we're on page just, thirty-seven. Though. We are on page thirty-seven. Tamara is quite clueless about the whole thing, which, which I'm not. I, I think I think I buy that she's clueless about. It. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think I think that. That uh, Miss Romance. It petered out. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those ideas we had that never really, you know. We tried. Bottom page 37, Gene, when did you decide to become a librarian? When I, oh, that's a tough question. Yeah, I asked the tough ones. No, no softballs you, you do, here. You do, Bill Barnes. Well, let me get real. You have a tissue? Hold on. <laughs> Things Hold on. are getting real. Hold on. Let me get Shit's the box going of, down. Let me get the box of tissue. Okay. Well, I was, it was uh, summer. I was going to be a pilot because I want to be an astronaut eventually. I realized that pilots, I also was going to be an astronaut, but you got closer than I did. I did get a little closer. I was accepted into into a school to become a pilot, and uh, like a four year university in Florida. I started to worry about my eyes. My eyes have always been, had always been perfect up until this year. Actually, they were perfect, strangely. But I worried they were going to go bad. And I well, and fly and anymore. Dreamy. Yes, that's true. Green, in case you're keeping score. <laughs> so I kept investigating it, investigating it. I almost joined the military, and then I found out that one of the things that keeps pilots in the military from flying is. Um, allergies because if you go up if you go up in one of those like little fighter planes or one of the big cargo planes that the military uses and you have that little 
like nose piece, mouth piece over mm-hmm. here. That the ones that you're always taking off in movies so you can see them talk. It turns out if you if you have allergies, apparently oh. when you go up, to, all the snot just goes boom and just shoots out of your mouth into that mask. Oh. So they frown on people with allergies, which really? I have a lot of, oh. like not not food allergies, but just allergy yeah. allergies, flowers and stuff. And what a lovely image that was you just. Thanks, compared. thanks. So I, I, uh, I didn't go. Oh. And my my number two choice, of course, astronaut, and then. Library. As it's, no, that was my number two choice too, and yes. I, I didn't I didn't qualify for library. I, I missed the physical. You did, but you took you took the fourth or fifth choice, computer programmer. Is that right? And cartoonist. And cartoonist. Yeah. Top of page thirty eight. I just this is a nice bit of physical humor. This is Dewey, uh, um, it's a, buddy it's, crowbarring in. And it's before the compactor. Before the compactor, before we'll, the compactor. we'll see the compactor. I, I think I think I literally saw a page do that, except for they didn't have the crowbar and the hammer. But it was just like everything else was empty, and they just jammed. Well, the alternative, I guess, if the... Well, and of course, the joke here, the actual joke here, is not him cramming everything in. It's that if you look at the bookcase, he easily could have moved books to the next God, shelf. Jokes are so much better when you explain them. They're just... Well, I just... I just came think, alive for me. <laughs> well, it's, it's for our blind readers. I'm <laughs> that here to what help. it is? I'm okay. here to help. So, uh, I remember the 38, the thing, the thing that... Uh, on the 38? Bottom on the bottom of 38. The, the bottom of 38. Okay. The nasty guy. The hot potato. Do his hands yeah, off. I had I had handled something poorly. I don't remember what I handled poorly, but my boss uh, at the time came over to me and was like, you know, you should watch uh, this woman I worked with. Named, her name is Judy, and you should watch Judy deal with these people. She has a very nice, very calm energy, oh. and you should you should just spend some time on the desk with her. Oh my God, she was right. She was completely right. Yeah. Judy just approached people like was just like, hi, how are you? She's the most pleasant person in the world. Hi. So what kind of handgun is that? Exactly. Everything would have been fine with Judy. Yeah. If it was me, I'd be like, what? That's a gun. <laughs> That'd be the end of that, right? No, she had this amazing energy, and she would just, like, she would turn cranky people happy, and I, I hope I learned something from her. I don't know. I probably didn't. I hope I did. You're good with people. You're, yeah. you're better with people than I am. Although, I have, I have, now. I want you to know, and I, and I say this with all sincerity, I have learned from watching you how to deal better with people. What, what is the secret? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just better at it. Like, like early, <laughs> early on in the days when we would go do talks, you were the nice one, and I was the mean one. I think when I lean in, and here's my secret. Yeah. When everything else fails, I lean in and I just do this three times. Really? Yeah. I just I clean the mucus out of my mouth. And okay. That like that that builds empathy. And they're like, "Were you going to be an astronaut?" <laughs> they're like, "I'm like not with that mucus, baby." Um, page. But I tell you what, I could be a librarian. Page thirty-nine and forty is this little sequence that takes place at the diner, and and I I just want credit for a lot of work drawing the diner, like the table. And a lot of, there's a lot of, I'm pretty sure I wrote this sequence because there's a hell of a lot of dialogue. But this is, this is something we don't really do so much anymore, which is lots of characters talking kind of over each other and the conversation kind of winds around. And it's, it's sort of demanding of the reader. I like it personally. There's an amazing amount of words on this. We, we just finished editing a couple weeks of scripts together. And like, the thing is, the thing Bill now, he lost way fewer words than this. Well, we like, actually upped our, never... we, we upped our type size. Like people complained that it was hard to read. And yeah. so we upped our type size. But one of the advantages of the old way was that we could. Well, of course, this is blown up on a page, right? On the on the screen, it's a lot smaller. But yeah, it was it was kind of nice. Anyway, I'm just admiring it. I just like I just like the looks on Mel's face. Like somehow you've made her very sad there. Yeah, no, it's perfect. It's nice. Page forty. Page forty. That was just me drawing an attractive woman. The school librarian, and I believe that that school librarian is based on our reviewer Flemtastic. Yes, that is what he looks like. Yes. Oh, he, she. That's what we're he not saying like. for That's sure. That's what he looks like. Yeah. That's fine. If you watch my Twitter feed, you can you can see a picture of Flemtastic from time to time. He and sports, looks just like that? He sports mighty, mighty uh, Christmas sweaters once in a while. <laughs> and he had a pair of pants on the last time I saw him. A pair of pants and a shirt that were just outstanding. This is this is November of 2015. Mm-hmm. I haven't been very active on Twitter. You can probably find it back from September. Give us, give us a sense of the pants. 
just, I mean, the, you know, you go into a golf store and you see those pants that are like, I can't believe anybody would ever buy those pants. But he does. He did, and then he he, wore he, them. he buys out the entire stack. And then he wore them with the shirt from the opposite side of the color wheel. It was spectacular. Oh. I really, I really admired it. And do you think he's doing that because he's like lacking some color uh, ability, or is it I think intentional? What, no, no, no. I mean, he doesn't do it all the time. I think I think it was intentional. But I think what happens is when you've been on the golf. Do you think he's peacocking? No. Okay. No. When you've been on the no, but he did have a beard. He had a very burly beard. Maybe, mm. maybe. But uh, I, I think when you've been on the golf. I was going to say field, but that's not the right word. <laughs> the golf course. Lawn. The, lawn. The, golf the golf lawn. The golf course in the sun. I think all that green just burns out your ability to see color. That's my... That's my all right, opinion. I'll buy that. Yeah. Bottom of page 40. Bacon is a bookmark. True story. I kind of want to tell the story. Can I yeah, do it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, so it's a, it's a, this person, true story, sent it in, and then we um, published... You should tell a uh, lesser version book. than what we tell in our talk. Then. Okay, so they can pay extra and do the talk. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you want the full version. Hire us to, to give a funny thing happened on the way to the library. The <laughs> next staff day or state conference. So what makes this funny to me is that over the years we have actually discovered this to be a true and common phenomena such that when we give a talk to 100 people, two or three people have, have personally experienced Bacon's Bookmark. Not just some anecdote, but it actually happened to them. Uh, and then my friend uh, Keith, who is a computer programmer and somewhat analytical by nature, pointed out that... And also very dreamy. He is dreamy. Yes. I only hang out with dreamy guys. Keith has, Keith has the nice eyes. He has pretty eyes. He's, he's got a great head of hair. Actually, too. no nickname for Keith. Pretty eyes. Pretty eyes. Yeah. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I still call him that. Anyway, uh, he pointed out that, that if those are the people returning books with bacon in them, by the way, about 50% raw, 50% cooked, how many people are using bacon, but of course, then eating the bacon before they return to them? So you don't know. It could be not all just, of them. It could be 100%. Just, just taking it out of the book is enough. All I'm saying is that they were using, everybody could be using bacon in this book. Right? Even vegans could be doing it. All right. Oh, come on now. Page 41. Truly you jest. Uh, notice the name tag. Like, why am I wearing this stupid name tag if nobody ever looks at the damn thing? I, I remember writing this one. Just a moment of irritation. And then I think we punched it up quite a bit. 42? 42. So, uh, 42, Colleen leaves on vacation, and she's going to gamble. And this was a little plot uh, ball I threw in the air, and it stayed in the air. It, like, I, I, I threw it so high, it reached escape velocity and never came back down. It's it's still going through the solar system. Was she it actually the got photographed on the orbit of Pluto. Was she going to win the lottery? She was going to win. She One of my ideas was that um, one day we would establish that Colleen was... Gam a gambler, and that one day she would win. Not the lottery, but well, I suppose it could be the lottery, but in Vegas probably. And then she would get a lot of money, and she would essentially become a huge benefactor of the library, and, and in doing so, gain a lot of power. Like she's one of those people you wouldn't want to have a lot of power at the library. And she would gain it, and she would use it to uh, push the collection in the direction she wanted. It would be like all reference book sites. And that didn't happen, but I like that idea. Uh, top of page 43. I'm sure it's a common mode for everybody, but people bring the worst <laughs> crap into the library. And it seems like the worse the books they're bringing in, the more insistent they are that you're going to put them on the shelf. Like, they don't want to leave them there unless unless you promise to put them on the shelf. I have to say, my family, when we have a bunch of books, we bring them to half-price books and we get, like, a dollar for them. But should I bring them to the library? I really don't even know. Probably should. Yeah? Yeah. Might they make use of them? I mean, I guess they just... Uh, well, I think the tax write-off would be better than the dollar you're getting from half-price books, right? Uh, that's interesting. So, um, and, and also, I guess, they don't so much add them to the collection as they sell them in the book sale. Right. They sell them in the book sale. Do like, they ever add them to the collection? Like, like very rarely. Yeah. It, it, it kind of depends. Like, like, my understanding before was that if it was in amazing shape, like absolutely amazing shape, and it was something we already had, then there's no cataloging needed. 
Mm -hmm. So we could just we could just do that, but they don't do it anymore. Like that's the library system I used to work for. Now it's actually somehow cheaper for them just to order a book if they decide they need it, than to even bother going through the um, patron donations, which makes sense given what a bunch of crap it is. Which is not to say that that you shouldn't donate your crap to the lo local library for the sale. That's fantastic. That's right, and people because people want to buy crap. Yeah, like no. if you have a giant stack of romance novels. Oh my yeah. god. Well, no, no, but but like 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 people bring in like by the truckload like old encyclopedias and reference books. They oh, pay yeah. a bazillion dollars for, it, and they don't want to hear that they're worthless. They're essentially worthless. Right. There's furniture now, right? Right. And I'm like, you could build a house out of the stuff that was donated. Yeah, yeah. To the library. Be good roofing material. Uh, I don't know. Okay, maybe. So the bottom page forty three is the beginning of the library remodel sequence, which was originally intended to be a full. Oh, sequence about remodeling a library, sequence. an exhausting sequence. And after a while, we realized that uh, it would last for months and months and have no jokes. It would be both. And so we cut it short. Although the pacing here is nice because we kind of moot the idea. We kind of put it out there and we do this little foreshadowing at the top of page forty-four. Did where we actually start working on it and then stop. we really did. Like yeah. we started down the path. We at least had the conversation. The top page 44, we see a little foreshadowing as Buddy looks at the blueprints, and it's clear that Tamara would really like it. And we've already set up that, you know, Buddy will do anything for Tamara. And then we walk away from it for a little while. And at the bottom of page 44, you see Buddy looking at blueprints. You're walking us through it again. I think it was just a great opportunity. I know, but I mean, it's, it's an unusually good piece of storytelling for us. And I want you just to acknowledge that, because uh, there's going to be some really bad storytelling in the future, and I just want some credit in the bank. Bad storytelling? What are you but There's going to be total those? lack of storytelling in the future, and I just want credit that at one point we really we nailed the sucker. Uh, I just I just like the sliders joke. The sliders joke is a, is a solid joke. It's a solid slider. Slider There joke. are no good episodes of sliders. Yeah. Like like how did sliders? It went like five or six seasons, right? How the hell did it go? Five you know, or six I have seasons? to say, as a person who like one of my favorite favorite kinds of uh, science fiction is alternate history. Like I wanted to love sliders, and it was so you could tell that every episode of sliders had a budget of like five to ten dollars, and and a typical moment for me for sliders was like. They would, they would slide into an alternate universe, and they'd be, like, in a room. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And someone would look outside and say, there's a parade, and it's King George. He's in king of America. <laughs> and then someone else would look out and be like, oh, my gosh, look at all those British soldiers still in redcoats in modern day. And, they would, and we would never see it because the budget didn't well, afford what, that. What I love is now, like... like but we're going to invent penicillin. Anybody can do the sliding effect on their home computer now, right? I mean, what's the sliding effect? It was just, like, this kind of computer-like... Like really bad kind of Shit black beam. holes. No, it's like swirled oh, around. Oh, I see. I see. Oh yeah, yeah. Space. I can do that in iMovie. And then, movie then they suddenly fall out, right? Right. Like we should all be making sliders fan, fan fiction. Oh yes. Like why are people build, rebuilding the bridge of the Enterprise when you could make sliders fan fiction? Oh, absolutely. Like just just set it in the library, right? And then the collection changes. That's what it is. It's oh my god! In the library. Oh, it's you know. The 900s aren't history anymore. In They're this, crafting. In this universe, Twilight was never popular. Oh! Uh, let's stay here. Yeah. It was Robin McKinley's Sunshine that went bananas. And now there are books and spinoffs. And movies. Everybody's happier. The world is a better place. There's no more global warming. Al Gore won the election? What? That's what Robin McKinley does for you when she's a bestseller. See? All right. Yeah. Uh, page 47? 46. I, I watched, okay, 46. 46. Colleen's back. Somebody kisses a rodent. And, and the idea that Colleen went away and then came back to experiencing, like, that was a nice that was a nice thing we did. Like, yeah. there, was some, we, we, there was some craft there. 47. Uh, what, I, what I like is like there was a big thing for libraries to leave Dewey behind for a while. They seem to have left that whole idea of leaving Dewey behind. And I think here we mean the Dewey yeah. Decimal System and not our character. The Dewey Decimal System, yeah. They will never leave our character. Everybody wanted to have these collections that were more bookstore-like, where you could actually find things that, that they were logically placed and, you know, like... like 
but nobody seems to care anymore. Now we're all just like, oh wait, you can look it up in the computer and actually find it on the shelf. It seems to be fine, whatever. But, but there was this idea that you would have these incredibly specific shelves of things that were logical and you would go find them. And everybody finally realized that that was just, there's just no way to make that happen. You won my heart here in the middle of page 47 with hedgehogs in peril. You like that? That's a, and there's a lot of them, a surprising number of hedgehogs in peril. Well, moves in Ted Danson. Was that you or me? Uh, I can't take credit for it. Could have gone either way. All right. So my question, is there something in 48? I think there's something in 48. Well, I like I like the I like the top one. That's a little physical. You know, yeah, tap, 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 tap. Buddy, buddy's speed of thought. <laughs> when I had the teen book group meetings, I would sit there and just eat pizza and drink coke and talk about books with the kids. And I just could not believe that this was my job. I was actually being paid to do this. It was fantastic, just fantastic. You know, I wasn't I wasn't paid to just eat that pizza. I was paid to order that pizza. Like that was like, like I remember sitting there. Did you just savor every bite? I remember sitting there on hold with Domino's one time for a long time, going, <laughs> "I'm I getting just, paid for this." I just made three bucks. <laughs> I uh, at one point was working a job that was a pretty high-paying job in software, but it was it was a particularly boring job. And I at one point calculated how much money I made per second, and I would <laughs> I would visualize like a dime dropping into my pocket. You know, every second or whatever, whatever the amount was, I figured out the coinage. And that, that helped me get through a lot of meetings. Keep that podcast busy for a second, Bill. I'm looking for something. All right. Uh, at, Gene just took off. He's looking for something, and his cat's sprinted after him. So it's oh. a lot of excitement here at, at Overdue Media Headquarters. I can't, I can't find the thing on the next page. On, oh. uh, I'm going to knock on, you for on a page, On page 49, yeah. The, uh... I was going to ask you. So middle of page 49, we have this bizarre little sumo wrestler and he says i'm going to knock you for a rope do you remember i had those things i bought like four of these i really samurais. don't remember but i can only imagine and you would smack him and the guy would go you fight like a wimp you don't remember that no <laughs> like i don't i don't it was, and it was, did it come across as racist then because it comes across as racist now no no i don't think accents are racist are they yeah. I don't, I don't no no i, I think racist. i think it all depends how stereotypical it is and then we go what and, and really and we made go, it. Go, ha ha <laughs> I See, I just feel like it's on the it's on the edge there. Okay, well, but I'm pretty sure we had someone do the Japanese translation of or of, of you smell like a rotten peach pit. I believe uh, my wife helped with that. Okay, yeah, but okay. Um, and then, then she did she did the Chinese characters. Then somebody who's Japanese verified. Oh, nice. That it worked in oh, Japanese as well. And then here uh, on, on the end on the end of the same strip, Tamara says to Buddy, "You speak Japanese," and he says, "Picked it up at the monastery." In a future podcast, I will actually I, I I've seen that thing this right. week as I was cleaning up the house. How about in all future podcasts? When things get slow, we just punch it. Okay, done. All right. Uh, well, I, but but I had like I had four of them. I bought the whole set, and then I gave them away steadily to people who liked the saying. So I don't remember what the other sayings are, but I have that one. I will. Well, that brings us to page fifty, and I just have a question of. Page fifty. I think this is a former. Is this oh, your former oh. grade school librarian? That is that is my that is my grade school librarian who is uh -huh. also later in my life. I took a class at a community college near my university. The guy there had the same last name as her, and I asked him if he was related to her, and he's her husband. So my writing mentor's mm. he, my, my grade school librarian is my writing mentor's wife. It's all very ancestors. It's great. No, they're fantastic people. And so this is Anna Denton, and we put her into the comic strip. One time, she actually, she would go through the books in uh, the school library. I, I got to go over to their house and have dinner and stuff as part of the writing group. We would just hang out. And so I got to know her kind of as an adult. She was still working in the library, and she said, it's so funny, like, this girl, Heidi, who was in grade school with me, and in middle school and high school as well, she and I, our, our names were still written on those little tags, the book cards in the library and all the books, right? She could see what we had read. And she knew this was like my favorite, my favorite book, Jacob Tutu versus the Hooded Thing. So when she weeded it, she gave it to me. Oh, so nice. I, I have it from my, 
My so ripped, ripped from the, 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 the pages of your life. Yes. This strip. Exactly. Yeah. The strip above it is the first instance of the outside of the Melville Public Library. Wow. I actually did. I, I, didn't, I failed to mention this, but when we remodeled the library, I actually made elevations and not blueprints, but certainly drawings. Does that look like the somewhere. library where I worked somewhere? No. No, I was just I was at I was at a, a lecture series and they were kind of going on and I just started sketching. Okay. And then I brought them back to you and you fixed you fixed the sight lines so that the librarians could always um, see if the teenagers were teenagers remember, were having sex. I remember that, but I don't remember ever working on the outside. But that, that's a very Pacific Northwesty looking library. Yeah, I mean it's sort of vaguely reminiscent of half the libraries yeah. in our neighborhood. All right. Well, thanks for but joining it us. Have a, it doesn't have a green roof now. I mean, it should have a green roof. It, it should have. It should, it should be. What's it called? Not hemp, but grass. The grass thatched. Is that a green roof? There's something when you're growing. Dirt, stuff in the roof. Dirt, dirt and grass. Is well, intentionally, <laughs> intentionally. I suppose you just have a really dirty roof. I was saying. All right. We say, we say we're growing grass on the roof in Seattle. Oh, that means something, something different now. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, right. it's a different world now. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye.